Greetings, fellow humans. This is Pat Callahan uh, from All White Tukey. You're listening to another great podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Hey, Anna, do you like getting stuff for your birthday? Sure. What if you could get something every month when it's not your birthday? That sounds awesome. It'd be like a nice little surprise. I'm down. Well, what you can do is subscribe to a thing called NerdBlock. Okay, now tell me how it works. NerdBlock is you go to this, you click on the link that's uh, connected to our uh, podcast description right now. You click on that. And uh, you get to choose what kind of block you want, such as different themes as sci-fi, uh, video game, uh, horror block, uh, and also just random nerd stuff as well. They have plenty, plenty of things. So what you do is you subscribe to this, mm-hmm. and then every month, a nice little nice little birthday present shows up at your door with random stuff that you have no idea what's going to be in it. So I get a surprise birthday present every month. Every month. I'm down. Sign me up. You get a free t-shirt. You get a bunch of swag in there. And depending on the theme they do, you can get anything. Awesome. So, yeah. So just go ahead and click on that little subscribe that's at the bottom of our little description. Uh, Click on that and subscribe. We'll get a little bit of a kickback. And you guys get awesome birthday presents every month of the year. Woohoo. Nerd block. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Another Bee Horrorcast. I'm Steve-O. And I'm Anna. And this is another great episode. Um, we got a couple of news stuff for you. And uh, then we got to talk about what everyone's talking about. If you haven't watched it, this will be a spoiler episode. Uh, probably not too in-depth, just talking about um stranger things but if you have not watched it and you still want to watch it then when we get to that point we will throw out the spoilers and you can then leave and come back well actually one of the news stories is related to stranger things so i may want to i mean if you want to hold off on that story until we actually get into talking well why don't we use that story as a segue well i was gonna say you can use that story last and we'll just go from there into how it ties into Stranger Things. But uh, before we get into all the great stuff on the show and whatnot, uh, Anna, how's your week been? Uh, It's not too bad. Just, you know, trying to stay busy and trying to keep up with things at work. What about you? Anything fun? Oh, yeah. I'm always having fun, kids. (laughs) That's right. Um, I feel like we did. That's right, kids. I smoke pot now. Um, I feel like we did something this weekend that I'm forgetting about. Uh, could have been my birthday. Oh, yeah, that. (laughs) I had a birthday. I'm 32. Happy birthday. This episode is 37. Um, clerk's joke, never mind. Um. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Took me a second. Um, but yeah, uh, actually, uh, but yeah, no, this week, uh, I mean, when you guys listen to this, it's going to be Thursday. We're recording this. I know we're going to break the fourth, break the fourth wall, man. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it, we recorded this on Tuesday, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, birthday was good. Got a new table patio set thing outside. Uh, people at work surprised me with stuff the day be yesterday, which was Monday. Um, so I got a couple of things. I uh, got some new pop vinyls. 
Uh, got Ash from Evil Dead and Alien from Aliens, but technically the Xenomorph uh, pop final as well. So I got those two new collections added. And apparently I have more stuff coming this week that I'm excited about. Well, not this week, but in the near future of things that I've ordered and uh, whatnot. But uh, And also you got a new soundboard. Yes, we have a new soundboard, which we used on Friday Night Show and the last episode of uh, Arcade uh, Bros., and yeah, I'm I'm digging it. It's really fancy. I'm gonna search on more stuff, but more. I I think I talked about this on Four Eyed, uh, uh, not Four Eyed Critics. Uh, <laughs> sure doesn't exist anymore. Um, socially, awkward. socially awkward. I talked about it, where I'm um, going into looking into new um, mics and sprucing up the uh, uh, productivity and productivity later. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, a crappy thing at work, but um, we're not gonna get into that because no one likes to talk about work. Agreed. Um, but yeah, try to just spruce up the uh, the, the studio, studio a bit, bit, get some better sounding stuff, more guests in, stuff like that. So yeah, we do have a bigger board, so more guests can come into the studio. So like we said before, if you want to be a guest on the show and live in the Phoenix, Tempe, Chandler, something suburban area of Arizona. Yeah, like Phoenix, Chandler, Scottsdale, Ahwatukee, Mesa, uh, Gilbert. Uh, did I say Scottsdale already? Yeah, that was okay. your first one. Oh. Um, yeah, just that general vicinity. Yeah, so, um, yeah, if, or if you have a crazy story you want to send in to us by email, you can always uh, find us at notanotherbhorrorcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at bhorrorcast, but yeah, go ahead and do all that great ditties. Yeah, I'm starting to realize why Not Another Bee Horrorcast wasn't taken, because it's a really freaking long name. Oh, roll. Okay, first off, it works as a podcast. That's true. Like, hi, welcome to Not Another Bee Horrorcast. Like, it sounds good. It rolls off the tongue. tongue. Uh, The email address uh, is on my bad. I should have just abbreviated it or found something (laughs) simple like. Bee Horrorcast. Or I was going to say Anna Horror, Anna Steve Horror or something. Like, I don't know. But uh, it is what it is, kids. So, but again, like I said, if you don't want to contact us there, we have a Facebook page you can like. We also have Twitter and Instagram and everything like that. So, go ahead and follow us. Um, but I guess, yeah. So, I guess we can dive into this uh, show for the week. Um, I don't think I have anything else to add. Uh, I got nothing. So, but you do have uh, a serial killer. Yes. Of the week, if I that's do. correct. That is correct. Okay. Well. Um, so who are you talking about this time? This time around, we are talking about Ted Bundy, also known as Theodore Robert Bundy. Um, yeah, he actually died right before I was born. <laughs> Serial killer of the week. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, that's actually one thing I need to start doing with this new soundboard is actually record actual sound drops and then figure out how to create a soundboard on my computer so I can just go to those or whatnot. But anyways, yeah, so we're talking about Ted Bundy, which uh, the only knowledge I know about Ted Bundy is most of his stuff has been based off of other horror films such as uh, Science of the Lamb, Buffalo Bill is kind of like a character like him, Uh, I believe some elements of Chainsaw Massacre might have done with him. And wait, was he prominent in that time period or not? Uh, November 24th, 1946 to January 24th, 1989. Um, He mostly killed people during the 70s. Okay, well, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, well, go ahead. Like I said, my knowledge about him is very (laughs) slim. Yeah. Um, No, you're good. I actually didn't know that much about him either, but I did remember, like, he was a prominent serial killer. He's actually... 
Okay, I know how they kept talking about, like, the reason why he was able to get so many women to, like, uh, trust him is because he was good-looking. But honestly, he just looks kind of creepy. Like, if you look at his eyes, he looks possessed. If you didn't see him in his heyday... And that's probably him in prison. I mean, when he had the like, uh, nice, that's in police custody. Well, still, I was gonna say when he had the nice long hippie hair and the glasses. Well, not only yeah. was he nice looking when you looked at him like that way, but he was also like, "Hey, can you help me with this couch?" And would have like pretend he had a broken arm and. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, he find it says uh, he was finding injury or disability or impersonating an authority figure. Um, before overpowering him and assaulting them at more secluded locations. Um, he often, sometimes revisited his secondary crime scenes for hours at a time, grooming and performing sexual acts with the decomposing corpses until putrefaction and destruction by wild animals made further interaction impossible. Yeah, I keep finding freaking necrophiliacs. I don't know how oh, this guys, is Guys, you hear that? likes some dead. Oh, he was electrocuted. That's cool. In Stark, Florida. On January 24th of 1989, so... Wait, is this... Yes. Wait, who's this one? This is... Ted Bundy. Ted, okay, that's that's the guy I have more knowledge on. Okay, now I remember. Okay. I was trying to make sure I didn't get the, confused. <laughs> You're good. Um, oh, wow. And even... Um, there's an attorney named Polly Nelson who was a member of his last defense team, and she even said Ted was the very definition of heartless evil. So even the defense lawyer was like, yeah, he was a bastard. <laughs> um, looks like he was born at the Elizabeth Lund Home for Unwed Mothers in Ver- Burlington, Vermont. Um, his father's identity has never been determined with certainty. Uh, his birth certificate assigns paternity to a salesman and Air Force veteran named Lloyd Marshall, but Louise, his mother, later claimed that she had been seduced by a sailor whose name may have been Jack Worthington. Years later, investigators would find no record of anyone by that name in the Navy or Merchant Marine archives. Um, Some family members expressed suspicions that Bundy might have been fathered by Louise's own violent, abusive father, Samuel Cowell, but no material ever evidence has ever been cited to support or refute this. Uh, he lived in Philadelphia in the home of his maternal grandparents, uh, who raised them raised him as their son to avoid the social stigma that accompanied birth outside wedlock at that time. Uh, family, friends, and even young Ted were told that his grandparents were his parents and that his mother was his older sister. Are you my mummy? Um. <laughs> Don't taint that with that. (laughs) Eventually, he discovered the truth. He told his girlfriend that a cousin showed him a copy of his birth certificate after calling him a bastard. Um, But he told biographers Stephen Michaud and Hugh Ainsworth that he found the certificate himself. Wow. So he just was full of fucking lies. He was screwed up from the get-go. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, Bundy expressed a lifelong resentment toward his mother for lying about his true parentage and leaving it him to discover it for himself. Um, he wo- spoke warmly of his grandparents. Until you fuck them in the face. Something like that. Uh, oh, he and other family members told attorneys in 1987 that his grandfather was a tyrannical bully and a bigot who hated blacks, Italians, Catholics, and Jews, beat his wife and the family dog, and swung neighborhood cats by their tails. That doesn't surprise me if he came from that background why he turned into a serial killer. Um, 
Uh, grandfather once threw Louise's younger sister Julia down a flight of stairs for oversleeping. He sometimes spoke aloud to unseen presences, and at least once he flew into a violent rage when the question of Ted's paternity was raised. Uh, wow. Bundy described his grandmother as a timid and obedient woman who periodically underwent electroconvulsive therapy for depression and feared leaving their house towards the end of her life. Um, Ted occasionally exhibited disturbing behavior even that at age. Um, don't know. Somebody who was living in the house, I think that's probably his uh, aunt. She said that she recalled awakening one day from a nap to find herself surrounded by knives from the cowl kitchen. Her three-year-old nephew was standing by the bed smiling. So, yeah, if you wake up from a nap and you see your three-year-old nephew standing next to the bed while you're surrounded by knives and smiling at you, I think that's kind of a warning sign there. Or a turn-on, so... <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're going to skip a bit. Skip That's a fine. bit, brother. Um, <clears throat> all right, so first two series of murders. There's no consensus on when or where Bundy began killing women. Again, he's a compulsive liar. He told uh, different stories to different people and refused to divulge the specifics of his earliest crimes, even as he confessed in graphic detail to dozens of later murders and the days preceding his execution. He told Nelson that he attempted his first kidnapping in 1969, uh, but not kill anyone until sometime in 1971. He told psychologist Art Norman that he killed two women in Atlantic City in 1969 while visiting yeah. a family in Philadelphia. Uh, to homicide detective Robert Keppel, he hinted at a murder in Seattle in 1972 and another in 1973 involving, involving a hitchhiker, but refused to elaborate. Uh, Roland Keppel but believe he may have started killing as a teenager. So, shit. Well, uh, yeah, I thought, um, I could be wrong about this. I thought he was killing, like, small animals in the beginning when he was little. He might have. I might have skipped that part. Oh, you're fine. So, uh, Anna, huh, do we have, what, why do we even bring these up? I'm trying to remember. I know you want to, we gave, this was a segment you came up with, but do we, do we, are we rating them? I forget. <laughs> Uh, I think it, we're rating them. Number one and number two is just kind of like a dose of like oh, true, some history like true horror. Yeah. Ah. Historical horror. Um, and also it would be kind of freaky to see this in an actual horror movie or even like as a essentially like a show or something. Um, yeah, if they can do it right. I don't know. I don't know if this, the, I don't know if the public's clamoring for it. Well, I mean, uh, even if it was just like having like, um, like a show that literally shows like how certain people ended up where they did like as serial killers and such. And then just kind of like doing one season on it of like kind of like how it led up to them being a serial killer and ending it like right before they actually uh, make their first murder. Maybe. I don't know. Just a thought. Um, or you can just watch Serial. Or not Serial. Um, making a Murder. Well, that was only one person. Yeah, but then they're going to do Oh, they're going to do more? Okay. Oh, yeah. Why? I, I didn't know if the they were like... The best part about Christmas. <laughs> Um, Everyone getting angry about Steve Avery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great Christmas. Oh, shit. Um, Here we go. Break it down. Tell, tell me about him. <laughs> well, actually... Did he have a big uh, dick? Circumstantial evidence suggests that... I don't know. Circumstantial evidence suggests that he abducted and killed eight-year-old Anne Marie Burr of Tacoma in 1961 when he was 14, an allegation he denied repeatedly. His earliest documented ho homicides were committed in 1974 when he was 27. 
by then, he had, by his own admission, mastered the skills needed in the air before DNA profiling to leave minimal incriminating evidence at a crime scene. Uh, shortly after midnight on January 4th, 1974, around the time that he ended up his relationship with Brooks, uh, Bundy entered the basement apartment of 18-year-old Karen Sparks, identified as Joni Lenz or Terry Caldwell by various sources, a dancer and student at UW. After bludgeoning the sleeping woman with a metal rod from her bed frame, he sexually assaulted her with a speculum. What's a speculum? Um, something that you don't want, probably. Yeah, I would assume not, since it caused extensive internal injuries. She remained unconscious for 10 days, but survived with permanent brain damage. Less than a month later, in the early hours of, early morning hours of February 1st, Bundy broke into the basement room of Linda Ann Healy, a UW undergraduate, who broadcast morning radio weather reports for skiers. He beat her unconscious, dressed her in blue jeans, a white blouse, and boots, and carried her away. Uh... Female college students continued disappearing at the rate of about one per month. Damn. Yeah. Uh, March 12th, Donna Gale Manson. Oh, Manson. A 19-year-old student at the Evergreen State College in Olympia, 60 miles southwest of Seattle, left her dormitory for a jazz concert on campus but never arrived. On April 17th, Susan Elaine Rancourt disappeared while on her way to a movie after an evening's Evening advisors meeting at Central Washington State College in Ellensburg. Uh, two f- uh, it's 110 miles southeast of Seattle. Two female Central Washington students uh, uh, later came forward to report encounters. One on the night of Rancourt's disappearance. The other three nights earlier with a man wearing an arm sling asking for help carrying a load of books to his brown or tan Volkswagen Beetle. Um... On May 6th, Roberta Kathleen Parks left her dormitory at Oregon State, 260 miles south of Seattle, to have coffee with friends at the Student Union Building, but never arrived. Um, uh, On June 1st, Brenda Carol Ball, 22, disappeared after leaving the Flame Tavern Tavern in Burien, Washington, near Seattle, uh, Tacoma International Airport. She was last seen talking in the parking lot to a brown-haired man with his arm in a sling. Um, June 11th, UW student George Ann Hawkins vanished while walking down the brightly lit alley between her boyfriend's dormitory residence and her sorority house. It's really short distances. Um, Let's see. After Hawkins' disappearance was publicized, witnesses came forward to report seeing a man... That night in the alley behind a near-to-by dormitory on crutches with a leg cast, struggling to carry a briefcase. One woman recalled that the man asked her to help him carry the case to his car, a light brown Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, during this period, Bundy was working at the Washington State Department of Emergency Services in Olympia, a government agency involved in the search for the missing women. So he was working at the place that was looking for these people. Ah, uh, that must have been. <laughs> Damn. There he met and dated. Never going to catch me. <laughs> there he met and dated Carol Ann Boone, a twice divorced mother of two, who six years later would play an important role in the final phase of his life. Um, let's see. Uh, July fourteenth, broad day of the light abductions of two women from a crowded beak at Lake Sammamish State Park in Issaquah. I have no idea if that's how you actually say it, but that's what it looks like. Um, 
Five female witnesses described an attractive young man wearing a white tennis outfit with his left arm in a sling, speaking with a light accent, perhaps Canadian or British. How do you get those two confused? Canadian and British. I mean, honestly. Well, let's see. Oh, hello there, eh? You want to help me with my books? Cheerio there. Yeah. Would you like to help me with your books? I uh, just say. Just Swedish. Yeah. Would you help me with your books, please? Would you help me with my books? <laughs> I'm going to kill you. No, that's a smile. Yeah, another one was four hours later. All right, let's see. Denise Naslin, an eight-year-old woman who was studying to become a computer programmer, left a picnic to go to the restroom and never returned. Shit. Like, it's literally just like the window of opportunities on these are so small. Well, he's probably got it down to a system. Yeah, that's true. Oh, shit. So, King County Police, finally armed with a detailed subscription description of their suspect as well as his car, posted flyers throughout the Seattle area. A co- composite sketch was printed in regional newspapers and broadcast on... Um, Elizabeth Klopfer, uh, a DS employee and a UW psychology professor... Oh, okay. Elizabeth Klopfer, Ann Rule, a DES employee... And a UW psychology professor, so four different people, all recognize the profile, the sketch on the car, and reported dead Bund- Ted Bundy as a possible sub- suspect. Can't talk. But detectives who were receiving up to 200 tips per day thought it unlikely that a clean-cut law student with no adult criminal record could be the perpetrator. Ooh. So this maybe that's why Superman doesn't. Maybe. <laughs> I uh, killed this? a hooker. She made a comment about me being faster than a speeding... Oh, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, so this was in, that was in July. And then September 6th, they found a body. Um, okay, so this, uh, September, er, so this is in July of 1974, they got the tip. And he didn't get caught until 1978. Because they were like, oh, it's not a likely suspect. Even though, yeah, so, ridiculous. Uh... Well, is there anybody that you'd be very flabbergasted with if they, uh, you find out that they murder like a bunch of people like at where we work? Uh, where we work? Yeah. Um. Honestly, no. <laughs> I well, you maybe, but you know. <laughs> that you'd be surprised that I talk about murdering people every day. I know, but usually the people that actually talk about it, the majority of the time, it's just talk. And also, I mean, I do a podcast with you, so it's not like you have very much free time because you have do, yeah, that's podcasts the other, and stuff. I don't think you saying. have enough time I to don't, do it. See, this is what <laughs> – actually, if anybody is a serial killer, uh, I think you guys should stop serial killing and go into like a, like a thing to teach uh, kids and people how to time management. Because I'm like, you're trying to have this whole career and murder people. I'm like, I, I run a podcast network and do a shit ton of podcasts. And for some sort of reason, I know you guys would be like, well, right here is where you have free time. That's all you need is this much time to kill somebody. And I'm like, ah, I wouldn't even know. Well, I'm not going to kill somebody. But you'd <laughs> yeah. be like, no, no, that's what I'm teaching you. Damn it. I'm like, no, I just – I just want to learn time management. <laughs> I don't want to kill anybody. You're gonna fucking kill people. They're like, now put this body in the tu- in the tub and uh, pour some lye on it. Um, yeah, and on uh, on October 18th, Melissa Smith, the 17 year old daughter of the police chief oh, of shit. Midvale, another Salt Lake City suburb, disappeared after leaving a pizza parlor. Her nude body was found in a nearby mountainous area nine days later. Oh, wow. Post-mortem examination indicated that she may have remained alive for up to seven days following her disappearance. 
So she was alive for seven days. Well, yeah. Up to I mean, seven that days. Was, that was basically him just saying, like, fuck you, police chief. Yeah. And then uh, another girl disappeared. She was 17, disappeared after leaving a cafe just after midnight. Um, her body was found on Thanksgiving Day. Both women had been beaten, raped, sodomized, and strangled with nylon stockings. Uh, years later, Bundy described his post-mortem rituals with Smith's and Amy's re- remains, including hair shampooing and application of makeup. Weird. Mm. Uh, let's see. In the late afternoon of November 8th, Bundy approached 18-year-old telephone operator Carol Del Ranch at a fashion place mall less than a mile from the Vidvale's restaurant where Melissa Smith was last seen. He identified himself as Officer Roseland of the Murray Police Department, told Del Ranch that he that someone had attempted to break into her car and asked her to accompany him to the station to fly, file a complaint. When Durange pointed out that Bundy was driving on a road that did not lead to the police station, he immediately pulled to the shoulder and attempted to handcuff her. During her their struggle, he in- inadvertently fastened both handcuffs to the same wrist, and Durange was able to open the car door and escape. Uh, Good on her. Yeah, no kidding. Uh... In November, Elizabeth Klopfer, having read that young women were disappearing in towns surrounding Salt Lake City, called King County Police a second time. Um, Detective Randy Hergesheimer of the Major Crimes Division interviewed her in detail. Uh, By then, Bundy had risen considerably on the King County hierarchy of suspicion, but the Lake Sammamish witness, considered most reliable by detectives, failed to pick him from a photo lineup. In December... Clope for called the Salt Lake County Sheriff's Office again and repeated her suspicions. Um, Bundy's name was added to their list of suspects, but at that time, no credible evidence linked him to the Utah crimes. In January 1975, <laughs> this is all within the space of a year. Damn. Bundy returned to Seattle after his final exams and spent a week with Klopfer, who did not tell him that she would report him three separate times to police. She made plans to visit him in Salt Lake City in August. Um, then it goes on and on and on of all the women he killed. Uh, Bunny was arrested in August 1975 by Utah Highway Patrol officer in Granger, another Salt Lake City suburb, after he failed to pull over for a routine traffic stop. The officer noting the va- noting that the Volkswagen's front passenger seat was missing searched his car. He found a ski mask, a second mask fashioned from pantyhose, a crowbar, handcuffs, trash bags, a coil of rope, an ice pick, and other items initially assumed to be burglary tools. Bundy explained that the ski mask was for skiing. He had found the handcuffs in a dumpster, and the rest were common household items. Um, However, Detective Jerry Thompson remembered a similar suspect in car description from the November 1974 Durange kidnapping and Bundy's name from Klopfer's December 1974 phone call. Uh, in search of Bundy's apartment, police found a guide to Colorado ski resorts with a check mark by the Wildwood Inn and a brochure advising the Mumont, Viewmont High School play in Bountiful where a woman named Dever Kent had disappeared, but nothing sufficiently incriminating to hold him. Um, Bundy later said that searchers missed a collection of Polaroid photographs of him of his victims hidden in the utility room, which he destroyed after he was released. So it's just, just sloppy. Oh, you get sloppy. 
sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. And it just continues to go on in detail about how he continued killing after the kid grief. So, um, when was he uh, finally brought to justice? Uh, 1977. He was transported. Uh, during a recess, he asked, or he was transported for a hearing. During a recess, he asked to visit the courthouse's law library to research his case. Concealed beneath, behind a bookcase, he opened a window and jumped from the second story, spraining his right ankle as he landed. So he got out then. Um, let's see. 1977. He's already in Chicago. Man, he did a lot of shit. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't get famous serial killer if you don't do anything. That's true. Um, Bundy stood trial for Chi Omega homicides and assaults in June of 1979. Um, I apologize, this is really shitty. Okay, death row. Uh, I would say he essentially, in, okay, in October, no, that's, on February 10th, 1980, Bundy was sentenced to death by electrocution for a third time. Okay, so he had had multiple trials. Um, as the sentence was announced, he reportedly stood and shouted, tell the jury they were wrong. Um, this third death sentence would be the one ultimately carried out nearly nine years later. Um and I guess he married a girl that fell in love with him or something. He married a chick while he was in prison, and she had a kid. And Crazy, crazy. Oh. Anyways, but long story short, I think he's probably the worst one that I've read about, at least. Just so because far. a short period of time. He did so much, and he escaped who, who knows how many times. He freaking, like, they kept being like, no, this is the guy. And they just kept being like, no, no, no. It's, it's fine. He's fine. It's like, no. I mean, I get, like, not being able to, like, arrest someone unless you have, like, sufficient cause. But, I mean, you can at least keep an eye on them, you'd think. Anyways. Uh, you would think that. But, uh, so, <laughs> Ted Bundy, I only liked you on Married with Children. <laughs> um, okay, well. Um, Crazy bastard. Yeah. So, we're going to dive into the news. Um, and then we'll get into our, uh, our talk of the spoilers of uh, Stranger Things. All right, I apologize. I'm going to have to figure out a way to make that segment a little more condensed. Uh, well, so. basically, you you find the person you want to talk about, uh, name, uh, years they were active, uh, when they finally were brought to justice, uh, some of the stuff that they done and everything like that. You just got to break it down. That's yeah, all. I just need to... It's really hard because like the way that they have it broken down in the article I was reading, which... <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Wikipedia, it's really not very... Can, like it's really not conducive to like reading out loud. It's well, more of like yeah. sitting down reading. So I think I just need to like go over it beforehand a little bit better and pick out like key points. And research. Such. You just need to grab your research, put it together, and then be like, boom! Here's my step for the week. I yes. Mean, you just and also you could probably do with podcasts that you want to talk about as well that you're listening to. But without further ado, we are going into the horror movie and TV news. So, um, not too much uh, stuff came out. Um, I just grabbed a couple of things. Well, we'll have you uh, talk about uh, the stuff you found. Uh, so we have the America Horror Story Season 6. 
Yes. So uh looks like American Horror Story Season 6 is actually going to be based on um, the Roanoke Colony's disappearance, which is actually a historical event. It was actually very interesting, and I researched it not too long ago. Essentially, it was a dis- the short version is it was a disappearance of 118 colonists in the late 16th century, so right whenever America was first starting to get colonized. Um, uh, there was a... Um, basically, the governor sailed away to get supplies and such and he said he kind of was going to come back in like a couple of years he came back i think two years later mm-hmm. um and like the entire town was just completely deserted like there was no bodies there was no indication of anything that had happened all that that was left was there was a carving on um i think it was on a tree that just said croatoan ah. um which is c-r-o-a-t-o-a-n um but the Croatoans were a Indian tribe that were in the vicinity, but they were a peaceful tribe. So, I mean, the, the, it really had, like, no... And the Croatoans had... Or they said that they had no idea what happened. So, I mean, they, it's literally, like, this... One of these weird, like, unsolved mystery type of things where they don't actually know what happened. Mm. They just disappeared. So it should be interesting to see what American Horror Stories take on that is going to be. Well, that's interesting. That'd be kind of cool to see. Um, yeah, because I didn't know um, anything about that, which I think is weird, which I think needs to... Um, we should probably dive into that story sometime on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is just easy news, but like Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2 is going to be premiering October 2nd, so just in time for Halloween. I uh, hopefully will hope that the first season will come out so I can watch that and catch up on it and then try to figure out how I can watch Season 2. Um, and then this was just interesting to me was the saw producer to remake Pumpkinhead. Now Pumpkinhead is an old, old, well, I shouldn't say super old, but probably about 1988, maybe 89 or something like that. So about whenever like the old slasher fl- flicks came out and such. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was towards the end of it or whatnot, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm, uh, Pumpkinhead I'll have to watch again. I don't know if I've ever seen Pumpkinhead. And the sequel or whatnot. Um, cool, cool effect of monster and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. So that's kind of interesting. And then we have... Um, I'm not going to go through that. Uh, just There's new horror movies on Netflix, so definitely check those out. And I think that was about it for all my stuff. So this will be our lead into uh, the show we just watched. So, um, people, this is a spoiler. Uh, we're starting now with news and then we're going to go and talk a little bit about uh, stranger things so if you have not watched it yet stop the podcast now go ahead and watch all eight episodes back to back miss work then come back and play <laughs> us again and see if you agree with us or not so yes so without further dues without further dudes um here come the spoilers so the news that i found regarding stranger things is and actually um, they essentially made it a sort of a joke, but I kind of want it because it's a po- it you know it's the toy of the bike in the first episode that like the little red bike that um will will drops whenever he's running away from the creepy creature thing, and it actually like it just is it's literally just a bike that's just is bent out of shape. And well, I the best really part is at the top it says will. Sold separately. 
Oh, it does? What do you mean yeah, say that? Uh, from the hit TV show, Stranger Things. <laughs> That's really funny. So, yes. The website is called, uh, at the bottom it says, uh, deathbytoys.com. Uh, Which actually, they, apparently, they also made another, basically, gag toy for the movie The Fog. Um, that the action figure was described as some fog and was hailed as being fully poseable. And apparently, it was just a bunch of Halloween cobweb material that was bunched together as fog. It's like, well, if you can market it, I guess. Huh, but without further ado, kiddos, we are going to talk about the Netflix series that just started in on July 17th, maybe 16th? It's or the 20s something? I don't know. But wherever it started, it just started in July and now it's August. So, uh, eight episodes of this new series called Stranger Things. Uh, homage to the 80s. homage to horror films and everything like that. They have so many different, like, Easter eggs in the background and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, if you liked... This kind of reminds me of, like, um, Dark Tales, um, I think it was called, or, uh, you know, just... I mean, just like, it just felt like it, it was weird. It even felt like just an 80s show. Like, this is a show that would have been on in the 80s or something like that. It's they essentially kind of pulled, like, the Madman thing, where it was, like, the 80s hairstyles, the 80s products, yes. the 80s everything. And, I, yeah, I just love, like, all the Easter eggs and all the homages they had to But, okay, movies. so, uh, season one, uh, we have to wait pretty much till next year, I'm guessing, for season two, which kind of sucks. I'm kind of hoping they get more episodes. Uh, eight was fun, but I need more. Yes. Uh, so yeah, let's just dive into this. I mean, uh, unique freaking story. Um, something that you know, it's so weird. It's something that felt familiar, but I know I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah. I guess, and I don't know if that was just all the kind of like, like this is the '80s. You remember the shit? There's this and that and kind of stuff. But just like, like you kind of like it. All, it also gave you like a lot of like X File vibe. Yeah. Like how shows would end or twist in the show and just like so. I guess the basic premise uh, that I can without. Uh, I mean, we're not. I'm not going to sit here and divulge every single single. Every ta- single thing. Now, about I'm, ta- now I'm talking show. like the guy without his teeth. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, every part of the show, but just uh, yeah, just how they delivered everything was just amazing. Uh, but the basic premises of the show is basically uh, you see a couple of groups of different people, uh, parents, kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons in the you know cellar. Uh, they have to go home for dinner, obviously, and of course one kid races past another kid. Uh, this character was named Will. Uh, and then get sidetracked by something, and then all of a sudden, he's missing. Will is gone. Like, you kind of see something coming after him. Uh, you're not really sure what it is. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, the opening, I mean, granted, yeah. at the very beginning, before even the title comes up, says Stranger Things, was literally intense. Just this guy, like, running down this corridor thing. And at then, the Department of Energy, which I was like, I don't understand what this has to do with energy. But then you just see him, like, run into this... Yeah, he runs into an elevator finally, and then this thing just kind of like comes down, grabs him, pulls him, and then it's just like, boom. So yeah, Will goes missing. There's a weird monster running around, but yeah, just how every way this story kept going. Uh, it had so many, like, pre- like there's a part where it's like she's pretty much talking to Will. Yeah. Because uh, we have no idea what happened to Will, but she's able to speak to him, and you're kind of like, oh, this is like poltergeist. With the Christmas lights. Yeah, yeah. With the Christmas lights flickering and them communicating and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, so. Which, which is funny because she actually mentions them going to go see Poltergeist, the mother. Yeah. By Winona Ryder. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, that was so creepy. Whenever he's talking to her with the Christmas lights with the letters, and he just goes, she goes, uh, "What should I do?" And he just goes, "R U N," and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And then it just comes out of the wall from behind her, and you just freak. Oh, God, yeah, so, so freaky. Um, of course, there's also like this. Uh, it's crazy. So it's like not only do you have this weird monster, a child goes missing, but then you also have this weird secret laboratory, and then a child uh, with a shaved head, a girl, just shows up. And her name's like, she keeps saying she's 11. She barely speaks. Uh, I think she kind of starts learning how to speak when she's hanging around these kids and stuff like that. But it's like, so you got this monster, this girl with like powers, which you soon find out, like stuff she can do. And missing kid. Missing kid, this government stuff that's involved in this really small town. And you're just like, like after me just explaining all that, it sounds like a lot. But how they play it out in the show, like how they pretty much feed it to you works perfectly like not once did i ever think like this is very overwhelming and also they did a very good job of like each time they showed you something they kept it relevant to what was going on previously so basically like really the only time where they showed you something and like it really didn't have any like basis for it at that point was obviously like the the fir- the opening scene like it just kind of like grab you and you kind of go oh shit but then just literally from like the boys on like they have okay, well you know you know like you meet the sister through the little through like one of the kids that's yeah, playing Dungeons and Dragons, then you figure out like you go to the school and then you meet all the people and then like the boy show like it just everything and then like through the mom like you meet the sheriff who's you know dealing with the missing kid and it's yes. just everything yeah, that that's, progresses. That's what I'm saying. Like connected. how they very... how they delivered information to you in the show. It never like I never had to sit there and kind of like. Like, uh, wait, what's going on? Yeah, you know, like, oh, okay. Uh, well, not even that, but even, like, me, like, this was a show that I actually sat back and not tried to figure out because it really didn't lead itself to let you figure out until they got to where they wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. So, like, when I said all this shit's going on, whatever it is with all these different things I just said to people. So if you literally did not see the show and you just heard all these random things I shot out, you're literally sitting here going, like, well, what the – how does this – and how they do – for some – how they – the entire it's all that everything it, yeah. still still ties together at the end. Yeah, and not even like shitty. Like it ties. You're like, oh shit! Like how everything is kind of interconnected, and you're like, like you didn't even see it coming. Like, and essentially, it's sort of like they kind of did a Game of Thrones thing, where like they have these people over here doing this thing, these people over here doing this thing, these people over here doing a different thing, and it's very interesting. Like, it, but it wasn't overwhelming. Yeah. And you're like, okay, all these people are going to work towards a common goal. They're going to have to meet at some point. And it was interesting to see the paths that everyone took in order to meet at the point that they did. Yeah. And how everything eventually intersected and how everything hit. And, you know, it was very, very, very well done. And it's crazy because then everything wraps up uh, Mm -hmm. in a nice little package. You're kind of like, oh, okay. And then in my head, I was like, oh, are they doing a... Um, what's it called? Like a America Horror Story, where yeah. every Stranger Thing is going to be a different. That's what I thought it too at first. At season, and then you find out it's like a month later. You know, Will is found because I didn't want to give. Like I, I don't want to spoil it like that much. I just want to rave about how great it is and everything. But like, yeah. So they find Will. Spoiler, of course. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you how, but they found him. Whatever. Uh, and then like it shows him like all of a sudden he was in this like other dimension kind of thing. Where he went missing, like it's basically like a almost a shadow of our own like world. But they it call like, it the shadow world or the upside down, which I thought was a very fascinating way to do it, um, especially because they're essentially like, well, it's 
it's almost like a parallel world, but it's sort of the flip side of what yes. our world is. And I thought it was very well done how they like whenever they show them like walking through the woods, like they like you and occasionally like you would hear echoes from the other side of the and I was just man, like yeah. So but yeah, so they it. find Will, and he was kind of like cocooned up, like an a- that whole part when they're walking through the woods. Freaking alien! It was so alien, and I loved it. It was great. The the guy even finds like an egg. Yeah, which I was just like beautiful. Um, they find the kid, they pull this thing out, and he breathes again. He's working, but then it's like so. A month later, it shows him in the bathroom, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I just gotta you know wash my hands." And then like he throw like he pretty much pukes up almost like this slug. The slug kind of comes out of his thing, and he washes down the drain. So to me, I'm like, okay, this has been happening. For a bit now, for him. Yeah, and then the freakiest part. Yeah, then yeah, then all of a sudden, like he's holding on to the sink, like trying to be like, okay, okay, and then everything flashes back to where he was in that weird upside down world, and it sits there for a bit, and he just looks around and he looks freaked out, and then it kind of like blinks back to re- normal reality, and he just kind of like looks scared, takes a deep breath. Goes and sits down to Christmas dinner, and his mom's like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And he just like starts creating conversation. You're like, "What the fuck just happened?" Well, what I think is so weird, like when that happened, I was expecting, "Oh, there's gonna be another creature that's gonna jump out." Yeah. But they, I don't know what it was, but this is to me was the most scariest thing I've seen in a while, where literally was him just sitting there, and then like it stayed there for a bit, and him and it held like it held it. It didn't hold it too long, and then just fade to black. It didn't hold it too, like, just, like, kind of thing. It held it there for, like, a perfect amount of length of time, which has built this weird, like, tension. Where we're like, oh, shit, is he stuck now? Like, like yeah, because it does this thing for a while, and you're like, oh, oh shit. And, then, and you're sitting there thinking, like, are they going to are they gonna just end it like that? And that's, that's how they end it. And then it comes back, and literally, like you said, leaves the bathroom, sits down, have a conversation with his mom, and then it pans out. But then you're just like... Well, what the fuck was that? And then credits. What the like, hell oh, yeah. that? <laughs> and you're like, oh, no. Like, I have to wait till next fucking July. At least July, I have two things to look forward to that show up on Netflix. is now Stranger Things and uh, BoJack Horseman. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, that I, I don't know what it was, but I felt like that was like the most tension I've felt in a long time, like watching something, because they held really? it for like a perfect amount of time. And then flashes back with nothing like really happening, just that. And you're just like that, like for some reason, not a creature, not him stuck there, not uh, like uh, any of that kind of stuff would have freaked me out if that stuff happened. Like I'd be like, okay, I kind of saw that coming, but I don't know what it was just about that part. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too that like whenever it flashes over, it doesn't just do like a static. Like it's sort of like a like kind of a intermittent like signal for a second like it's trying to like receive a signal and then it snaps over to ah. and i thought that was very interesting it wasn't just like oh he's in the normal world and now upside down like it was just sort of like and then he jumped into like the upside down world and you're like uh yeah because like that sort of kind of built the tension as well and you're like what's going on what the fuck like again yeah so uh yeah the really well called the duber uh something brothers dubber brothers dover brothers uh, dover brothers maybe uh, one moment i'll figure it out for sure but yeah for, oh and oh man and actually i gotta say like with steve <laughs> not you steve the other steve i honestly thought that he was gonna be like the typical like jock douchebag you know pos and the fact that he ended up like injuring the or like kind of pushing the creature into the trap 
in the first place was a very Duffer, Duffer. Duffer Brothers. The Duffer Brothers. Yes. Matt Duffer and Ross Duffer, you fucking magnificent bastards. Like You beautiful bastards. Like I <sighs> They yeah, they wrote it, they produced some of them, they directed a couple they, of them. Like, I don't know if they directed a couple of them or all of them cuz that fucking name showed up a lot and it was amazing. Well, they directed I think that they let yeah, Ross Duffer, oh, and Sean Levy directed two of the episodes. But yeah, so, no, but they yeah, you, you three guys right now, uh, Matt Duffer, Ross Duffer, and Sean Levy. Uh, fucking hell, dude! I cannot wait for your next season. And the writers, thank you guys. Yeah, all you writers, everybody behind the show. It was just fucking genius. Uh, we're gonna talk more depth of this, uh, especially this part. I do want to mention, but that fuck the music in that show. Yes, was on point. If I need oh, to quote uh, Matthew Renfro. <laughs> Yeah, that music, like, it was reminiscent, it was very 80s, and it was very reminiscent of uh, X-Files, but it wasn't, like, plagiarizing in any way. It seemed like it was an homage and a respectful homage, but at the same time, it was its own creation, and just, like, the use of dramatic music was spot on yeah, every single it, time. Like It was oh, just fantastic. Man. Like I said, we're going to put a pin in that, and you guys can listen to the rest of the music stuff when Matthew and I dive into that on Socially Awkward this week. So tune in, kids. But, uh, yeah, so before we wrap up the show, of course, don't forget to check out our sponsors, uh, Amazon.com. You don't go to Amazon. You go to the Sasquatch.net and click on that Amazon banner and shop like you normally do. We'll get a little taste of you do. Also, don't forget to check out Revenge Lover Designs, illustrates and designs that fit your personalities. Ooh. For sample and inquiries, please visit revengelover.com. And you can always ask uh, Revenge Lover to make a uh, drawing or something, or make an illustration from Stranger Things for you. Yeah, she takes commission work, she takes graphic work, so all that good stuff. And don't forget to check out our newest sponsor, uh, Horror Block. Uh, go ahead and Horror go block. to our uh, uh, description at the bottom of this podcast. Click on that link, and it's a subscription block, and you can shop to your heart's content and find what block fits you. And get uh, a birthday present every yeah, month. Yeah, you'll get a birthday present every month. So um, I get it, and I love it. So, yeah, so definitely check it out. It has a bunch of themes for everybody, and I think that's going to wrap up the show unless you have something to add. Actually, I was going to touch on one more thing from Stranger Things. All right, let's go back. So, uh, that creature, fucking hell. Like, yeah, I I want to say it's something be- cross between, like, a. it has to be something crossed with a plant. Yeah. Just because when its thing finally opens its face. I swear like I've a, seen that somewhere and I can't put my finger on it, but I know, I think it's an homage to something, but I can't put my finger on it. It's driving me nuts. Uh, the Kraken. Maybe. I don't think that's it. But it's, yeah, that was one of the freakiest things I've ever seen. Like, holy crap. And I love the fact that whenever they're talking about, like, the kids are talking about, oh, we'll shoot its eye out. And then they actually have a chance to get the wrist rocket, and they're just shooting rocks at it. And they're like, it's not working. Well, that's the thing. They planned on it had eyes. Yeah. And it didn't because it had, like, this weird sense with blood, uh, like a shark. Oh, my God. Such a good show. Um, um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. So if you if you know what it is that I'm missing that I can't think of right now, if you know what that thing looks like, let me know because this is gonna kill me. Um, well, we'll probably find some pictures. Maybe we'll do. We'll try to figure it out on the next episode of Not Another Be Horrorcast. Uh, but I think that's gonna wrap up this episode. And uh, don't forget to find us on Twitter at Be Horrorcast and also Instagram. Same thing. Give our Facebook page a like. And until next time, Carpe Noctum.
This has been another fine production of the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, check out www.4iradio.com.